hello and welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. My name is Bianca Woolwick and I'm the host. I interview my friends and people that inspire me to figure out if they have the key to life and they feel successful or feel like they don't fit in like I do. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. shit plug for the week is Giovanni aka Just. You can find him on Instagram at Just Created It. Now Just came on my radar in June of 2020 and I'm sad to say it wasn't sooner but thanks to Spray Their Name campaign with Rihanna Taylor mural in Denver where he collaborated with Detour and Hero Vega. Um, I'm now able to follow him and support him. Just is a first generation Jamaican American born and raised in Los Angeles and he became a muralist in 2018 after stopping one heart led passion of football and following another. Giovanni noticed there was not enough black art on the walls in the streets of the West Coast and in 2020 he's seeking to change that. Today and every day Just is proud to be a black man in America with art as his form of activism and protest. Specializing in portraiture he uses walls to change the narrative telling his own and other stories bringing people together raising awareness and discussion empowering the youth and saving the world one mural at a time through beautiful and powerful art. Just is looking for donations, walls, and funding to continue his message. Connect with him on Instagram and click the link in the bio to support him. Just is a gift to this world and I'm proud to share his art as well as share everything that he's doing because I think it's quite beautiful. So Just, thank you so much for everything you're doing and I'm going to continue to spread your message and amplify. My guest today is going to be Chelsea Pites, a real estate social media expert, coach, and branding aficionado. Hey, how's it going? Everything is going amazing. How about you? Oh, another day. Um, I cannot believe it is summer already. <laughs> this year is so weird. It has gone by so quickly. Like it's, it's July almost. I, I know. don't know what happened. I keep thinking it's March, like mid, mid-March. Oh yeah. I think it's just like Groundhog Day every day. <laughs> <laughs> so for my listeners, this is Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And the lovely voice you are hearing on the other end is Chelsea Pites. Hi, everyone. Really excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So Chelsea, why don't you just hop into it, give your elevator pitch, who you are, what you do, etc. Awesome. So I, I am in the real estate marketing space, which is a pretty narrow niche. Been in the industry for about 21 years. I jokingly tell everybody that I got my real estate license in 2001 BF before Facebook. <laughs> so I am, I'm now teaching people how to use things like Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and all the socials to create a powerful personal brand and attract their clients and really provide value, but also to be more human through technology and create actual real relationships and community through social media. Absolutely. And so Chelsea, actually, you and I kind of sort of work together. Um, yeah. At my previous position, I worked for Lawyer's Title, um, which is a title and escrow company. I worked for the San Diego branch. And my boss, Josh, had like 
his goal and his vision, which kind of probably actually like threw imposter syndrome into play was he really hoped that I could be like one ounce of what you do. Um, but you and I have always had the same vision and the same um, thought process in terms of social selling. So as a realtor, you have to be a brand, you have to be human, not just a brand, mm -hmm. but a human. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that's something that Chelsea is incredibly amazing at. She wrote a really awesome book called What to Post, which I will put in the description. Um, and she'll talk about that in this podcast as well. But overall, I mean, I, I felt like I had big shoes to fill, but I, um, I, I definitely admired and I enjoyed um, your mentorship and I enjoyed working with you. Oh, I so enjoyed it too. You know, it's funny how we create these relationships, you know, through social media and you and I have had a relationship through social, which is pretty normal to me now. Most of my close friends, uh, you know, I've met through either Instagram or Snapchat or all the, the socials. And um, it really is incredible that, you know, we've never gotten to sit down and have lunch together, or we've never even gotten to sit down in the same office, but uh, it, you know, through social media, we were able to kind of you know, get to know each other, see a peek into each other's lives, and, and it's just a really, I think, a really cool way to connect with people. And like you said, it's all about you know, how do you, um, and not even you know, create. I always kind of feel like, ugh, creating a brand sounds so, I don't know, <sighs> strange, I guess. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I think you and I always think of it as like, you know, who are you and yeah. how do you kind of just let people connect with that real person on the other side? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's often so hard um, that, you know, for, for older people in the real estate that are older, they to kind of deprogram that like, sell, 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 cold call and be like, no, no, no. But like, who are you? Like, yeah. who are you and, and what, and like, if I was to pull up your Instagram, what would I know about you in one second? <laughs> well, I think what it is, you know, kind of along your, your larger topic is we are, you know, trained to, and socialized to not boast and not brag and not mm -hmm. be egotistical and don't talk about yourself, even when we should feel confident about who we are. And those things we just, you know, we don't talk about, or we feel like, gosh, nobody cares about my life. I'm boring. Why would they even be interested in who I am? And so those are all those, those self-talk tracks that we get mm -hmm. in our head. And, and I think that's part of it is the mindset of, you know, it's not about being egotistical. It's truly about connecting in one of the most human way possible, which is face to face just happens to be through a screen, but yeah. that's really all we have right now for sure. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I love that. I think that 2020 is really does allow us to be the most authentic we can be honestly mm. with this great pause mm -hmm. for change and all of the positives that are coming from it. I choose to look at this positively because, you know, I got laid off at the beginning of this. However, um, what I decided to do was I reached out to you actually, cause you have a podcast and I was like, mm -hmm. Hey, I have this idea. Um, how do I go about doing it? And you gave me like a manual <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll take some from it and then I'll just go for it. And, um, so I'm very, and humbled. you did yeah. and you showed it. So look, look at this amazing creation you've launched into the world. So I'm with you. I mean, I think that, you know, this has been a time where you can really, you know, launch new things and get creative and strategic. And I, you've definitely done that. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I have I have you to thank as a catalyst, and um, I really appreciate that. So let's just address the elephant in the room, which is imposter syndrome, the mm. feeling of not fitting in, self-doubt, not allowing yourself to feel your accomplishments, etc. So we'll start with the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out? 
Oh my goodness. No. And I <laughs> laugh because I, I, I talk to my dad a, a lot and I call him and my dad's a man of very few words. <laughs> and so I'm kind of the person that wants to call and get a whole bunch of advice. And he says like one, you know, wise sage, three word sentence. And you're like, okay, but I, I call him and he's, you know, late seventies and I'm in my forties and I still am like, dad, when am I going to have all the answers? When am I going to get it together? When am I going to be an adult? <laughs> he's like, yeah, uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. And I just had this like vision of being at a certain point in life where I would just, you know, know everything and have it together and and you know, I don't, <laughs> I'm just human and I still don't know what to do when things happen and I make mistakes and there are, I, I don't think that I will ever feel that I have everything all together. I'm not even sure if that's humanly possible. <laughs> well, I appreciate that answer because uh, I remember being in college and being like, oh man, when I get out and I get a job, like I'll have the key to life. And then you get out, you get yes. a job and you're like, well, well now what? <laughs> yes. And then I got married and I was like, oh yeah, I've really got it now. And yeah. you know, but I think um, that's the key to life is actually to never be satisfied and to continue to grow and change and live. Um, Cause I don't think that uh, personally, I agree with you. I don't think anyone really has it figured out. Um, and I ask that question because I think there's always um, a level of like confidence um, for people. If, if I was to meet someone that wholeheartedly believed they had it all figured out, I would be very interested to know exactly what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I just, I feel like there's so many things you mentioned, you know, like college and you get a job and we sort of have these milestones in our lives that we think will, you know, once I do this, then it's going to equal this. And, you know, for me, you know, that even came in the form of parenthood. I thought, oh, well, this is going to be, this is how it's going to go. And, you know, it's going to be a schedule and everything's going to be great. <laughs> you know, then you realize that, um, you know, you really don't have any control over life. You can only control how you react to it, which is with somebody who has anxiety and imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. easy for me to say that, and not easy for me to actually embrace it. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, I definitely have those ideas in my head and still do, you know, oh, when I get to this or when I hit this goal, um, and I don't know if that will stop or slow down, but you know, I, I just remember as young as I can remember back thinking in that way. Yeah. I wonder if that's just like society. Um, because I, I feel like society will kind of, you know, tell you like, oh, like once you're married, right. then it's children. And then or right. once you're married, buy a house or this or that. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting like that, um, you know, as humans, we kind of all are programmed to think that way, mm -hmm. um, in achievements. Um, right. so as it regards to imposter syndrome, do you feel like you fit in or suffer from imposter syndrome in what ways and what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Yes. Okay. So I absolutely have felt imposter syndrome. And to be honest with you, I don't know that I had a name for how I was feeling mm -hmm. or that this even existed. Um, you know, I just remember from a very young age, a feeling of anxiety, worrying about what if, what if I'm not good enough, feeling that oh goodness, certainly somebody will find out that I'm not suited for the role that I'm in. And when is the other, you know, shoe going to drop sort of mentality. And I, I don't remember even what got me started on 
researching this, but I, I, start, I must have started researching it. And I came across a book called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women by Valerie Young, which was about um, women specifically and experiencing imposter syndrome. And I picked it up and I thought, my goodness, I feel like she's talking directly to me. And then I felt, wow, I'm not the only person who feels like this. Um, so yeah, I, I have experienced imposter syndrome in many different facets, whether it's from, you know, am I a good parent? Am I a good enough mom? Uh, mom guilt, I should spend more time with my kids, you know, or I gotta go back to work right after having a baby to be, mm -hmm. make sure that I'm worth something. And these are things that nobody ever told me, but uh, you know, through whatever socialization and these ideas of achievement I had, you know, built into my own mind. And yeah, it's, it can be really, um, it can be really scary. It can be really uh, motivating in both the negative and positive ways, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, it, it, for me, it causes a lot of anxiety and second guessing and, and, you know, stepping away from things that otherwise could have really been amazing things to do in my life, which, you know, then I think back, well, you know, I don't want to not regret taking a risk or doing something because I listened to those voices in my head, but it's something I work on every day. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. And <laughs> um, I, I will just, forever. I will forever. Yeah. yeah it, um, that's really interesting. And I, I can relate in, in many ways. Um, and as, as I kind of mentioned, uh, maybe like a few minutes ago was that when I started my previous position, um, a lot of imposter syndrome popped up for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was actually, I actually interviewed for a lower position, but was given a verbal uh, verbal promotion, so to speak. So I was suddenly a marketing director where when I'd only ever been a marketing manager and I was like, whoa, that's a big title. And I, that's a lot. And every day I would be like, when are they going to come in? And, <laughs> yeah. and especially yeah. in what Chelsea and I were doing, which was, it's very unheard of in a B2B business where it's not, um, it, it's it's an, it's an interesting in, in very quirky industry real estate. Uh, there's a lot of rules, there's a lot of regulation, and there's a lot of things you can't do. And because you can't do it, uh, people are always trying to find workarounds. And uh, it, it was very interesting uh, to kind of learn this industry coming from a place of B2C, so business consumer advertising, where I was very used to being able to do whatever I wanted to do. <laughs> and suddenly being told, having to say the word no a lot, and then being told no a lot, it made me kind of doubt my work in some ways because I just was learning these new rules. Am I doing this right? This position is the first of its kind at this company. What am I doing? So I felt, imposter, yeah. I felt imposter well, syndrome you know, all think, the time. <laughs> yeah. I think anyone who's the, you know, blazing a new trail or figuring things out, you know, you, I, I, I it seems very natural to me. Like I, I would only imagine I would feel imposter syndrome, but I, for me, me, there's something almost exciting, but all terrifying at the same time. It's kind of like, you know, um, you're a big Disney fan mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, Tower of Terror, yeah. which I'm always like, this is such a great idea. I'm so excited when I'm standing in the line. Oh my gosh. And then I get in and the, the windows open at the top and I know it's going to happen. And I'm like, and I'm terrified. And then I get off and I'm like, that was amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, so they actually changed the ride into uh, just off topic. 
something. They changed the ride at uh, California Adventure from Tower of Terror to Guardians Gar of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy, that's what it is. And yeah. every time I would ride it, I would feel pit in my stomach, like, yes. Ugh, I don't want to ride it, I don't want to ride it, I don't want to ride yes. it. And yes. it was because every time, for some reason, I was sat in the front row. And as a kid, <laughs> I went to Disney World, I got to ride Tower of Terror, I knew exactly what happened, I, but it had been so long, I was right. like six or eight, you know, so I don't really remember it. First time yeah. I ever rode it, I felt like my hands were going to fly off in the yes. front row. I mean, yes. that feels like the most unsafe ride you can possibly ride. And yet, <laughs> and, you're, and you're just held in by a freaking seatbelt. And yeah. I was like, this this just doesn't seem safe. And it's, it's crazy because then you get off afterwards and agreed, you feel great. And that was kind of, I guess it's a great analogy for kind of how I felt every day at work. Yeah. But I'm very proud of what I did. And I had a team of one and, and we did great things. And I'm, you know, I'm always going to look back on that part of my portfolio and part of my career with extreme fondness. It was, it was definitely a great, um, that's stepping awesome. stone because of working there i met so many people in san diego because i'd actually moved to san diego got the job the following oh, week. i didn't know that oh okay. no, yeah you were new to the uh -huh. area yeah so oh, i had okay. and which i will say to my listeners if you're moving somewhere real estate or real estate in real estate job. <laughs> helps you out immensely like you learn the area you're suddenly an expert and real estate people pre-COVID love happy hours and they love to mingle. <laughs> so I, you know, because of that, I'm now sitting on a board of directors that helps LGBTQ homeless youth in San Diego. I met my realtor because he was a client of uh, my friend Ryan, who I worked with yeah. and he sold us our house. And so now I own a home. Like all these things wouldn't have happened had I not worked at Lawyer's Now so you have a incredible. house for your Peloton. Now you have oh a nice gosh. place for your Peloton to be. <laughs> I, I do. It's kind of funny. It's like the house was chosen for the Peloton. And <laughs> but I really liked your answer. I think that's a really great answer and it makes a lot of sense. Um, but it kind of also is imposter syndrome lends into the next question or which is kind of the feeling of success. And so um, success looks different to everyone. So I'll ask you, what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful? So I think of what do I feel like when I feel successful and confident? And I think it's that feeling regardless of what it is. It could be making sourdough bread. It could be, you know, making art. It could be on the Peloton, whatever that thing is that, you kind of feel as like your superpower that you could just talk about for an hour. Like if somebody said, Hey, do you know anything about this? And you could just go into it. And I feel like, you know, some people call it, you know, your zone of genius or, you know, whatever it may be. But for me, that's where I feel like success is when, when you have a topic or a passion that you are so interested in, well-versed in, that you know, I know more about that than almost everyone or everyone in the room at least. And you can help them with whatever it is. If you're teaching them to paint, if you're teaching them to remodel, if you're teaching them about Instagram. So for me, that's when I feel the most successful. And sometimes I forget, you know, I get that imposter syndrome creeps in. I'm like, oh man, I got a big webinar today. Oh gosh, I wonder <laughs> if I'm going to be able to do this. And then I, I get done and I'm like, I was actually pretty darn good. You know, I mean, I'm like, wow, I, I, you know, I really did know what I was talking about. And so that for me is that sense of, yeah, you know what, you do know what you're talking about and, and, or what you're doing. And so for me, that's sort of what success looks like, um, in my mind. 
love that. And I, um, I agree with you. I kind of have never really thought about it in that way. The zone of genius. Um, I will never forget the first time I ever met you was, uh, at a uh, seminar. Um, it was like my first week of work, oh, yeah. I met you. <laughs> but yeah. I remember everyone in the room was so pumped up because you were there and you're like, Oh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Oh. And, um, and, and it was funny cause I was looking around and they were all taking notes. And I remember just, I remember that you had been put on a pedestal for me. And so I didn't really know what to expect, but then you were speaking my language and I was like, oh, she and I are going to get along. Just oh now. yeah. We were, we, I was like, oh, these, you're, it, here, my social media people, like, yeah, <laughs> <it made> 100% <laughs> sense. Cause I've actually worked in social media. So I started, I interned in 2011 was my first social media internship. I actually launched oh, a wow. me campaign for Chipotle corporate. I lived in Denver. Cause I couldn't get, I, I interviewed and interviewed, I interned, I interned, I couldn't get anything to stick. So they had a social media coordinator position and I launched a hire me campaign, like the Dunkin' Donuts one of 2010, um, and the predecessors before me. And I launched one and, um, they ignored me. Not only did they mm -hmm. ignore me, but they like went so far on social media to make fun of me. I will no longer eat Chipotle. I do not subscribe to Chipotle. They are dead to me in my mind. However, I had a really clever hire me campaign. I got interviewed, um, like by you know by a couple of different um, recruiter blogs. I uh, I got contacted by their head of PR, basically saying like we're still in the process of interviewing, but was like a thinly veiled we're not going to interview you kind of thing. Um, and Taco Bell took notice. And Taco Bell offered me a job, but then retracted it, turned it into an internship, and I wanted to stay with this crappy boyfriend I had, so I didn't take it, because it would have been in Irvine. Ah, and okay. I don't know what would have happened had I had taken it, but I definitely felt very confident when I got hired at my first advertising agency because of this campaign. Um, and that was kind of how my career started, but that was back when you really didn't have an ROI return on investment. You didn't know mm -hmm. what things were doing. You didn't know. Um, I mean, at that point you just had to get a brand to get a brand page. And then they were like, well, now what? And you're like, I don't know. You don't <laughs> yeah. know. And then it kept evolving and evolving and evolving. So my background in digital and social is probably about 10 years wow. um, on the professional side. So you've seen it all then because really yeah. social media is, is a, you know, a decade old, really, truly. I mean, it's probably even really five years old where we're yeah. at now, but that yeah. is incredible. It's, it's crazy because I've done, I've done product side of marketing. I've done advertising agency. I've done marketing agency. I've done startup. I've done it all. And I will say that the most authentic that social media has become and the best I've ever felt kind of dealing with it was working with small businesses where they could own their brand. Um, cause I'm very passionate about, uh, people not taking advantage of small businesses. I, I think, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times, like I, I used to do marketing for a winery, um, and they would get, try to get, you know, get swindled by like Yelp and that kind of stuff. And I didn't like it cause I knew, I knew better. Like I, I, you know, as you watch the things progress over the last 10 mm -hmm. years, you know, what to do and what not to do. But where I got overwhelmed was when it was like, 
okay, well, you're, you're the marketing director, but then also I want Facebook ads. I want Instagram ads. I want an email campaign. This is now your job. That is now your job. And sometimes when you're hiring for a position, you're not hiring for one person. You're actually hiring for a team. So for my listeners, when you're looking for a career in digital marketing, be wary when a digital marketing manager position has you doing everything from PPC to email campaigns to advertising, to Facebook ads, to Instagram, social media calendars, communications, that is not one person. That is actually a team of people. (laughs) And you're going to be worked to the ground. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of different uh, balls to juggle in the air there for sure. So especially (laughs) ads. Ads is such a complex, especially these days with everything changing as much, even Facebook ads and Instagram ads and it's just a lot to keep up with. I mean, you, you pretty much, I pretty much tell people like, listen, if, if you're not going to do Facebook ads full time, <laughs> you know, it's going to be, you might be better off finding an expert who is doing a full time because there's just so many things that change in social media in general. I mean, we yeah. don't even know if tomorrow if uh, something will go away forever and a platform will be gone. Exactly. Yeah. That's the crazy thing is to see how, how much it's changed, how much it's grown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I, I would have never anticipated kind of how it's shaped what I got my degree in really. I mean, it's inc- like, I got my degree in journalism and communications and just how social media has changed the way journalism is, the way communications is, advertising, public relations, everything. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, but it's great. It, it's in a good way. Like as, as, as much as there is bad with every industry, I think there's great things that are coming from it. So I'm, interested where kind of marketing goes over the Mm -hmm. next couple of years, but it seems like there's a lot of um, conglomerates right now. So. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens in the next uh, 12, 12 months here to social media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think we've kind of touched on imposter syndrome, the, the, topic at hand here, but now I like to go into like the fun part of my conversation, <laughs> which really shows my guest's personality, um, which is things that we are fanatical about and unpopular opinions we have. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start with what things we're fanatical about. Um, I'm currently fanatical about my Peloton. I had set a goal for the month of June to ride 545 miles in honor of the AIDS life cycle, which was canceled due to COVID. I had a friend that was going to do the ride from San Francisco to LA, and I donated quite a bit of money for him to be able to do that. And unfortunately, for safety, of course, you know, as it's a pandemic, um, they didn't do it this year. So I vowed to ride 545 miles on my bike. Normally, I ride 150 to 250 miles, maybe 300 uh, in a month. And so I committed to riding at least 20 miles a day for 30 days. And about an hour before we got on the call, I completed that goal. Wow. Oh my gosh. I am so impressed (laughs) and inspired. That is amazing. That is so great. I'm like, I wish you could see like this big smile <laughs> on my face. I just like want to clap and be like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that bike. Although my bearings are starting to go out. I've had it two years. My bearings are starting to go out, which is not, it's, it's more of a cosmetic issue than a mechanical issue. So they're sending me new bearings, but they're like, well, it's a pandemic. We don't know when we're going to be able to fix it. So my bike makes a lot of clicking noises, but after over a thousand rides I've had at this point, and my husband's got like 200, I mean, it's had a lot of use, but I, I, I always tell people it is the greatest fitness machine ever. If you like spin, 
If you like spin and you like social media and I you like being like involved spin in and things. I, 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 yeah. See, I, okay. Every time confession, every time I see your Peloton bike in your stories, I want one. And I'm like, babe, what do you think about a Peloton? And he's like, you'll never use it. You'll use it for a week and then you'll never use it. I'm like, well, I don't know about that, but I really, yeah, I, I have the itch to, to get one. Honestly, sure. you are a community focused person and the Facebook sub community of it, you, there's a group for everything. There's a group for people in real estate that have a Peloton. Huh, there's a group it. for people who like wine, Pelo Winos, oh, Pelo yes. Pets. Um, I'm in a Peloton Disney. I'm in all these groups. And oh, fun. Um, the one that I'm the most heavily involved with is the LGBTQ ally group because mm-hmm. um, I just, that's where I've gotten a majority of my podcast interviews from. And uh, I, I just, you know, they're fun. And all that's we talk amazing. about is just, rainbows and glitter and it's great um but yeah it's it's I I truly had that same fear when we bought the bike where I was like oh I'm probably never gonna use it and it kind of sat and collected dust for the first year and then when we moved I didn't have it for a couple of months and I was like what (laughs) the f I need this bike (laughs) I need this bike back and then I just started setting goals and crushing them and that was the only way I could continue to use it um, because I, you're, you're only in competition with yourself at that point. And then if I say a goal out loud, then I have to hit it. And that's kind of the way my mind works. And I didn't realize I was ever competitive with just myself. <laughs> wow. Okay. You're, you're definitely pushing me over the edge. Definitely <laughs> well, I have, one of these. <laughs> I have a referral code. So you okay. have to hit me up <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. So what are you currently fanatical about? You know, since there's not much else going on around these, my neighborhood, my house, <laughs> I haven't left for, you know, a long time. Um, we do a lot of uh, TV watching at mm-hmm. night now. And I am a little embarrassed to say that I am a little fanatical about, you know, certain uh, series um, of reality <laughs> I know exactly TV. Which one it and is. I think you probably know which <laughs> the best of is. the worst. <laughs> Oh, 90 Days. 90 Day Fiance series is just such a great, great show. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I'm watching, I think there's two going on right now. Yeah, there right? is. I would say I feel really jealous for anyone who had never gotten into 90 Day and pandemic hit and they binged it and then they have all these new seasons. Yes. Like I'm jealous that like I didn't get to have that happen so we had to, me. to wait. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, okay. So I started out being a stan of Big, uh, Big Ed and now I'm not. I've changed my mind. Don't like him. He might be from San Diego. I'm Team Rose now. Um, that was just such a hot mess of the season. And the most recent one, and I'm currently, I'm, I'm kind of trying to get into like what now and the other way. And I'm really pushing for Ginny and Samit. I mean, I really think they love each other. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what will happen. And, you know, you really kind of grow this fondness for all the characters and the storylines. And so, um, yeah, so, and I love that it's longer than an hour and you're like, oh, it's a 90 minute show. <laughs> yes, yes. And I appreciate Pillow Talk. Although they just, I've not never seen that. I don't know that. So I have a YouTube TV, which I'm huge fan of. It's pretty much like TiVo. You can like record everything and and you can, you know, top into it, zoom through commercials. It's it's really much, pretty much the same thing as like a DVR essentially. And I've had it for almost three years now. I, I got it when it used to do a month trial for free and I 
love the crap out of it because TLC is one of the channels. And so oh. if I hit record anything 90 day, I have a library. It's just nice. like every episode you could ever have. And I can zoom through all the commercials and it's just the greatest. That is so great. Yeah. So, you know, we have t- reality TV, you know, is, is kind of what I'm fanatical about at the moment. <laughs> love it. I love it. And you also said true crime podcasts. Are there yeah. ones that you're currently enjoying? You know, I'm really, um, I've binged on all of them. So I'm, I'm, I'm really in the need for some more true crime podcasts. Um, you know, certainly I listened to like all the Dirty John ones, the Betty Broderick one, Dirty John. And you know, it's funny during this pandemic, as we know, in the very beginning, um, Tiger King came out Uh and I, it's funny because I laughed and thought, oh gosh, I listened to that podcast like two years ago. Cause it was actually one Mm -hmm. of the true crime podcasts I listened to, but I have to tell you, I have learned so many things about if you're going to commit a crime, you know, don't take your phone anywhere, even if it's turned off. I mean, that's how they're <laughs> finding everyone. So I, I, I don't know why I, I am just, I love to listen to true crime podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, podcasts, they're not the most positive, happiest thing on earth. No, to, to no. To. <laughs> you know, it's funny because you and I both kind of suffer from anxiety. Um, you and I are both pretty transparent mm-hmm. on that. And it's funny because, you know, my husband will go underway and stuff. And um, because of true crime podcasts, I am the most street smart, most wary. I'm not afraid of the world, but I will say um, there's a, there was a podcast called Morbid and they have a saying on Morbid. It's a good podcast, a true crime podcast. Um, It's a little more low budget, um, but it's, I think I like it better than um, my favorite murder, honestly. Oh, Um, I haven't listened to that. Okay. Morbid. Yeah. So Morbid is uh, one of them is uh, she works with dead bodies and then the other one's a hairstylist and they're uh cousins and they're best friends and just their their banter is really funny but they have a saying called fresh air is for dead people and what that means is when i'm home alone my windows and my doors are locked Mm, mm -hmm. not getting in my house (laughs) yeah absolutely not and i will lock my windows and the reason why is because a lot of the crimes in the 70s and 80s and even now they happen because the window was unlocked and they popped the screen and they popped the window. Oh my gosh, I'm already getting stressed. <laughs> looking around, like thinking, oh my You're gosh. Like, uh, so I have this thing I would do because Scott, my husband was gone for like a month when the pandemic happened and I would have like an anxiety 10 minutes like at like 6 p.m. and it'd be dark out because it was March or whatever. And I'd go, okay, time to check all the windows. And I would check even the window in the bathroom where I'd have to stand on the tub. Right. And like, I'd make sure that one was locked and I'd be like, oh, there's a spider. I also like scary movies, which is I, and I do watch those by myself sometimes, which is never a good idea. I know it's never a good idea. And I tell myself, I really shouldn't be watching this by myself or before bed. And I still do it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I am, I actually am like a pretty big scaredy cat. Like I even jump on like Haunted Mansion, like like Haunted Mansion. I love it, but I will still get like a, (laughs) in the graveyard portion of it. So at Disney World or Disney yeah, World, so, um, I, that's so my favorite ride. Yeah. That and pirates. <laughs> so I'm kind. I love pirates too. So I'm kind of um, I'm a jumpy person. I can't mm. also deal with like uh, anxiety. They're gonna get caught. But I. But it's my the music. Husband, it's yeah. the music. <laughs> but my uh, my husband's not super into horror. But every guy I've ever dated has been, and so I've had to like against my will watch movies <laughs> I didn't want to see because I'm a pretty much like a. Let's just watch like a happy Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to laugh. So, yeah. I like, and I, I mean, for all anyone who's listening, who's like a big, you know, scary movie fan, I still think like one of the scariest movies, I don't know if you ever saw it. It was, I think it was called Strangers and it had Liv Tyler and 
they're out in like a cabin in the woods and she's That's just, my worst nightmare. Yeah, cooking and minding mm-hmm. her own business. And there's, you know, a crazy killer just standing in the corner and you're like, oh. <laughs> That's like, I'm not like a, I'm not a huge fan of like camping and I, I, I try to be, Don't I really have tried. <laughs> no, but I, that's why, like, because in, I'm from Colorado and in Colorado, like you'd go up and like, you'd get a campsite and you'd be like in the middle of nowhere. And my, my anxious brain would go, okay, there's going to be a guy with a knife, like outside <laughs> my tent or like outside the cabin or whatever, because it's just so quiet. You can hear a pin drop. Yeah. And that's like my worst nightmare. <laughs> So let's move on to uh, unpopular opinions. Um, I always use the example that I think cantaloupe is trash. Um, So yeah, what's yours? I also do not like any kind of melons, honeydews, cantaloupes. I'm not a big melon fan. Um, But I have to say something that a lot of people absolutely love, including my husband, that I do not like is the Game of Thrones uh, show. (laughs) (laughs) I know a lot of people are like, how could you not love it? It was epic. And I'm like, "Eh, it just wasn't for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think it was like a water cooler thing. Um, you know, I I think it was amazing when it was like following the books, and then the books dropped off, and then HBO was like, "All right, <laughs> let's see how can we disappoint everyone." And so my biggest issue with Game of Thrones, and to my listeners, I do promise that I do think there were some re- redeemable things about Game of Thrones. However, there's many Sundays of my life that I will not get back. <laughs> and um, that's okay, I guess. But uh, I, I, I always also felt like Game of Thrones would contribute to my Sunday scaries because I'd be so stressed out watching it that then I would like panic before I'd go in my work week. Um, but my biggest issue was that like in one season, we've got Arya on a ship and it takes her forever to get wherever she's going. And then we get to the final season and they're there, like they might as well be teleporting because like it's like oh i'm gonna go to winterfell and suddenly they're there but they were on whatever other side of the world they were on and it took them a day and that's i don't know why (laughs) but that is the hill i'll die on of what annoyed me i get that i'm very much like that in movies where i see something that's out of place Mm -hmm. or yeah and i'm just like and and i can't let it go Yeah, it just like like, changed the whole season, and I'm like, now I'm done with this. (laughs) And another thing that, like, I um, so I had a hard time. I've said this before in my podcast, but I've had a hard time with the Harry Potter books because I couldn't pronounce any of the names and didn't know how to pronounce them. I have difficulty when I can't pronounce names Mm -hmm. either, and I can't skip over the name when I'm reading. So it just becomes this like thing in the sentence that it's like a stopping block. Yeah. I think it was the, was it the girl with the dragon tattoo? I wanted to read that book and I started reading it and I was like, oh, like I'm having difficulty with, yeah, some of the names, so. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing is if I can't like pronounce it in my head, it really bugs me. So I never finished the Harry Potter series. I started, I stopped off on book three. I've seen all the movies now at this point. It took me forever to watch all the movies because I'm just not a huge Harry Potter person either. And for me with Game of Thrones, it was a similar situation where it was so many names you had to remember and then so many backstories you had to remember. And I just couldn't, because I couldn't pronounce their names in my head, I wouldn't remember them. And I'm, I'm a good person with faces, but I'm terrible with names in general. So the final season was just really hard for me because I couldn't remember who was who. <laughs> and I was just like, I, the only people I remember are Khaleesi, Tyrion, and Arya. And that's it. Yeah, see, you know more people than I do because I didn't even like watch any of the seasons. I just couldn't get into it. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was. It just felt like some of them I think were slow and I was like, oh, is this going to pick up? But yeah, I don't know. 
<laughs> I love that we both share, uh, we're not fans of cantaloupe or Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's too funny because I actually just had an interview last night, which I was telling you about, and she said the same two things as her. No- <laughs> She's like, no melons, absolutely no melons. We are not alone. There, we, there's more of our group. We have to there. start. We, we have to start a club. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the caveat is you can't like melon, and you have to think Game of Thrones was an utter waste of your time. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Okay, where do we sign up? <laughs> so uh, with the COVID pandemic, kind of. 2020 being nuts as it is, um, what is currently making you happy in the world? Oh, goodness. You know, I know this sounds so, you know, silly to say it's such like a, a fallback, but I really, I mean, just simple pleasures. Like I look forward to Sundays where I can lay in bed with my family and we can watch like two or three movies back to back. And it's just, I like being in like a nest Um, like a cocoon of like Mm -hmm. my little house and I so I love that so simple things I mean of course you know we're dog lovers so our our sweet fur babies are bringing us joy Um, and you know getting out and very simple things like walking the neighborhood even a couple times a a day um, is really bringing me sort of this I guess, calm and like, I don't know what it is about just being outside. And I was never an outside walker. I was never a walker mm-hmm. um, until this, you know, all happened. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like if I don't get out and walk once a day that I'm off. So yeah. little things like that. Yeah, I, I find that very interesting, um, but because I feel similar to you where um, when I finally do get out and I do get out into nature, it hits me in such a different way mm. now than mm-hmm. it used to. Yes. Um, I remember the first time I went to Sunset Cliffs, which is outside of Ocean Beach in San Diego on the coastline, mm-hmm. and I just, I hadn't seen the ocean in at that point two months, and I was sitting wow. there with my thoughts, my phone, I have no reception there because there's a, like a tower nearby that kind of jams it. So I had no reception on the coastline and it was just nice to just like sit with my thoughts, hear the waves crash, sit in nature, you know, hear like the seagulls. And, um, like every time I've kind of allowed myself that recharge, um, to like get out in nature, I felt so much better for so much longer Mm -hmm. than when I just sit in my house all day. Agree. (laughs) I so agree with that. And, you know, I never really would have probably thought about going out into nature prior to these last few months and, you know, being like, you know, that's the option. Um, I'm so glad that that's what, you know, we're doing is getting out into nature and just walking and, and just sitting, like you said, being with, being present. That is something that um, I haven't really been good at practicing before. Um, and so that is something I think that has been really positive uh, in my life personally is, you know, kind of being forced to be present in the moment. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for those opportunities. I need to get better at it still. <laughs> yeah. And it's also super interesting because I feel like if, I don't know if it's just me and, and maybe it might be, but I feel like my weeks are flying by. Yeah. Like, I feel like because we're not, I'm not going into an office anymore and I'm like not waiting for that clock to hit 5 PM or whatever. I honestly feel like my weeks, like, you know, yeah. today is Tuesday, but like I remember last week it hit Friday and I was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, agree. Yeah. Time is flying. I, it, I agree which with is, that. Which is good and bad because I also feel like it's going too fast. Yeah. <laughs> like soon my husband yeah. deploys and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Time is moving too quickly. Yes. 
Well, we've come to the portion of the podcast as we are winding down, Chelsea, where I give my audience or my, sorry, my guests the floor to promote something um, if there's anything that they would like to promote. So is there anything that you would like to promote? Oh, thank you for that opportunity. Um, I do have a book. If any of your listeners are specifically in the real estate or mortgage industry, um, it might be helpful to them. It's about a 250 page workbook. I published that on Amazon in February and it's really kind of just a, a guide of, you know, how do you get started with social media content? What is this idea of a brand? You know, how do the algorithms work? And I really kind of made it for me because I was like, I kind of would wish I had something all in one place. Um, so if that's something that, you know, could be helpful workbook style, you can get it on Kindle, but to be honest, I'm not trying to like upsell anyone. It really is designed to be written in and it probably would be more impactful if you got the actual paper back version. So it's called what to post and you can find that on Amazon. Yeah. And I will, as always to my listeners, I put everything in the description. I actually do own that book. It's funny. I'm like looking at it right now. It's on my bookshelf. <laughs> I did read it. It is really good. I don't think it, I, I don't think it lends itself just to the real estate industry though. I mean, yes, it's kind yeah, of focused towards yeah. that way, mm-hmm. but I think it's really great for anyone who's got a small business and is looking yeah. to kind of, well, how do I brand myself or where do I start? Um, I always encourage people in small businesses, uh, before you seek paid help, try to educate yourself. Yeah. Uh, Cause there's yeah. a lot of free resources out there or even mm-hmm. some workbooks that you can pay for, do that upsell to, to get the workbook. Um, and it's really, I mean, there's, there was some things I took from that that I hadn't taken before where I was like, Oh, like I'll do this now. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so it was very insightful. I loved it as always. That'll be in my description and yes, call it again. It's called what to post. It's on Amazon and the author is Chelsea Pites. who you're hearing from, well, it's been a lovely conversation and yes. I've really enjoyed getting to talk to you. It's so good. I haven't talked to you in a while, so it's yeah. good to hear from really you. Really good to talk to you as well. Thank you for yeah. the invite. Well, would you like to leave my listeners with any parting words of wisdom? Well, I would say that um, the best thing to do when you feel like you have imposter syndrome, what has helped me and what I've done is to acknowledge and ask yourself, why might I be feeling that way? Maybe keeping a journal. I know I've been journaling every day and I put my lavender on and I I think about, you know, the things and also, um, you know, positive self-talk and meditation. I've really been focusing on that the last four months as well. So hopefully those are some tips. I might be able to help anybody that's uh, kind of working through some of the things that we talked about today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for taking the time to speak with me today on Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. And to my listeners, please like, comment, share, rate me, uh, share with a friend, tell everyone. Uh, But if you like what you hear, um, follow and subscribe and reach out to Chelsea if you want more information on her book or real estate or social media or what have you. But again, Chelsea, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Bye. This has been Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, like, comment, share, tell a friend. You know, that's how I'm going to keep these stories going. Also, if you want to be a podcast guest, you can reach out to me at pdkmopodcast at gmail.com and we can get it set up. Thanks everyone for your continued support and I look forward to you know, connecting with you again next Monday.